And a very warm welcome. It's time for another big kickoff cricket podcast, uh, digesting all cricket issues. We've got a lot to get through in the next half an hour or so. I'm delighted to say, been joined by Paul Newman from the Daily Mail, Ollie Rayner, and uh, Ben Kosky from the ECB Reporters Network. Also does uh, a lot of writing for uh, Sky Sports and their cricket as well, and he writes exceptionally well for them. And he's also recently been an author of a brand new book as well. Uh, it's, it's not cricket, it's football, called Are You Rangers in Disguise? And I'm pretty sure if you look at that title, you can tell what football club he's talking about. And uh, it's not Tottenham, don't worry, uh, for Paul's case. Um, welcome, gentlemen. As I say, lots to talk about. Um, we're crack on. Let's start to talk England. Why not? Uh, they're on a roll at the moment, understandably so. They went to Sri Lanka. Always going to be favourites. It was a, a two-match test series. Um, deserved in the end by England. Uh, still some excellent cricket, has to be said, played in those uh, two test matches. Paul, I come on to you first of all. Was this really a case of Sri Lanka had chances in this series, but they blew it? I mean, 135 all out in that first test. And then in the second test, when they had that good advantage of that lead... They capitulated, didn't they? Bowled out for 126. Absolutely, Pete. That's where they lost it, didn't they? In that first innings of the first test and their second innings of the second test. Um, really lamentable, lamentable batting, really. Um, they were, they were um, really poor. But um, you have to give credit to England because Sri Lanka won the toss on both occasions. And I think history tells you that uh, hardly any teams who have ever uh, lost the toss at goal win, win the game. Um, so for England to, to win both of them, even though Sri Lanka did implode on two occasions, I, I think is is still a very good achievement by him. And in, in, particularly, of course, Joe Roo, who we just batted so exceptionally well with two of the greatest of his 19 test centuries, and that really proved the difference. That and some poor Sri Lankan cricket was um, was was the key to it, really. But a good a good exercise for England, a, a, a good uh, two 0 win, and they've won five away tests in a row now. Um, so you've got to give them credit for that when they were such bad travellers not too long ago. So. It all sets things up very nicely for India. You, you touched on Joe Root. I mean, we, you know, we, we've got to talk about Root. I mean, <laughs> led by example, <laughs> he did everything perfectly, didn't he? Well, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, for the last year or so, he didn't have a great 2020. I know nobody had a great 2020, but he didn't score a century. Um, and it was getting to the point where he wasn't right up there with with Coley, Williamson, uh, Smith, you know, these, these real top, top, world-class batsman. There was once a gang of four, but it became a gang of three, even though Joe was still averaging 47, which is pretty exceptional, isn't it? But he wasn't converting those hundreds. And I think the break did him good, a rare break for, for someone like Joe Root after uh, playing the last of the tests last summer. He was in South Africa for that brief white ball trip, but he didn't play a game. He had a decent break. And he said himself that he had a good look at his batting. He, he thought about how he could improve, had a look at his technique. And decided to be more selfish as much as anything. I think once he got to fifty, the, you know, realizing the job wasn't done. Um, I think the demands of captaincy had something to do with it as well. He wasn't just going on to those huge scores. Mm. And then we saw, you know, as good a batsman as 
as any in the world and as good a batsman possibly as England could have produced. You know, I know the attack wasn't the greatest, but we're still talking Sri Lanka on their own patch. And um, these were two exceptional test centuries. They really were the double and then the, the 186, you know, so close to another double before that cool run out on the penultimate evening in the second test. And, and really, he's at the absolute peak of his powers, just turned 30, plays his 100th test next week. And there's no reason now, really, why he can't go on and, and reach true cricketing greatness. I think, to be fair, both of those innings, uh, if you were a batsman wanting to play spin, Paul, I would suggest that you watch the DVD of Joe Root's innings because it was masterclass, wasn't it? It was. Masterclass is the word. It, it was just exceptional. He got his footwork perfectly, didn't he? He was either going back or, or forward. You know, we saw some of the other England batsmen getting out. Ollie will know this better than me. I'm sure, you know, the, the, the techniques against spin and what have you. But it didn't look as if they were getting out to, to bad um, shots or balls particularly. But, you know, Zach Crawley got out to a ball. I remember once from Embaldinia, the left arm who did so well, that just looked like a good ball taking his edge. But I think Affers or someone on TV said, well, actually, if that had been Joe Root, he would have been back to that. Uh, his, his footwork was exemplary. He, you know, he, he's rotating. The strike was fantastic. Um, and it, it really it really was uh, a masterclass, as you say, against spin bowling. And, and it really does put him up there against the best players we, we can have ever produced against spin, you would, you would think, the way he's playing the spinning ball at the moment. And again, that uh, augurs very well for, for the four tests in India to come. Ollie, I'm going to bring you in on the subject of spin, as you probably gathered I would. Um, first of all, let's talk about uh, Lassif Wadinia. Uh, Paul said, I mean, I was really impressed by him, actually. What, what was your thoughts on him? Yeah, again, I thought he was very good. He's, he was consistent. I think what he did really well was actually um, he got the ball to go on as well as spin, mm. which, you know, I I, I, uh, I spent most of my career doing that and didn't actually get the spinner right. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it's all about, you only have to get a couple like that and it gets in your head. And I think, like you said, with Crawley, he was feeling for it a little bit out in front of his pads. He didn't really let it come to him either. Uh, went at it a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, just in Sri Lanka, obviously, I've, I've toured there a couple of times. And, and in terms of spin, I think what they do so well is they vary their pace and their uh, trajectory very subtly. And I think he did that really well. So yeah, no, he he was he was certainly on point. But I would say that it would have, would have been nicer to you know Root played him exceptionally well. Um, I actually saw something the other day with um, oh god Sangakara um, giving Root high praise indeed about the way his sort of game plan was against Spin, and I think that was probably lacking in other areas uh, down the order. But um, yeah, an absolute masterclass. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed with the Sri Lankan team uh, in that first test, watching that first innings. I mean, some of those shots, I mean, mm. yeah, I, I don't want to be one of those people that now I've finished is overcritical, but I just think, you know, it's test cricket. You wouldn't have seen Jai Wardner doing that, Sangakara, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on of those great Sri Lankan players. Um, maybe that's 2020 for you, but I don't think that's an excuse personally. Um, be good to get them strong again, because when... You know, cricket strong in the subcontinent. You know, it's a good thing to watch, and it's good for cricket as a whole. But yeah, no, I thought I thought he was an exceptional spinner, and I think our spinners did well. Obviously, best probably got one of the worst fifers of his career. He'd probably admit <laughs> that, but you know, you're never going to turn them down. They're in the book. Um, so yeah, that'd be interesting watching them go forward. I'm sure you've had a a bad fifer like that before, Ollie. Come on. <laughs> no, no, all mine are absolutely tough to it. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'd, I'd take a bad one or two for by the end of my career, so I'm not complaining. True. Um, 
carrying on with that, Jack Leach. Uh, how do you think Jack Leach performed, uh, Ollie? Yeah, I thought yeah, really good to see Jack back back in the wickets. I think he was he was kind of almost uh, on the wrong end of the on the wrong side of the green in that first innings when Best hit the wickets with not such good bowling. I thought uh, Leach he didn't get quite uh, his just rewards, but then obviously came back around in the end. He, he's just exceptionally consistent, which is great. Um, that's all you can really ask for. Um, I, put, I wouldn't say he was like a world beater. He doesn't have any like immediate mystery to him. He's just very consistent, gets the ball in the, in the right areas more often than not. And and uh, when it's spinning, you know, there you go. Hey, presto. You'll take it. <laughs> and, Absolutely, and he did 100%. <laughs> no, no, he, did, he, he bowls very well. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's beginning to um, get the sort of subtleties and the variations of overspin, side spin. Um, he bowled with good pace, I felt. Um, I think the pitches were obviously conducive, as, as you'd expect. Um, and, you know, those guys, I hate to keep bleating on about it. They've had a good good practice over the last few years in Saidrabad. And, um, you know, it's, it's paid, paid off. Ben, uh, welcome along. We're going to come off the bowling. Uh, let's talk about the batting. We, we mentioned Joe Root. I think we should praise Johnny Bairstow, because to be fair with Bairstow... He's always been under pressure, hasn't he, whenever he is back into this England side. But I personally think he never ever lets England down. And, and he, I don't think he did in this test series either. I'd have to agree with you there, Peter. I mean, I think it was probably not easy to, to come back into the side after, after a year out. Um, and not just into the side, but batting at number three, which is a very pivotal position, particularly when you've got relatively inexperienced opening pair. Um, and yeah, like, like you, I think Bairstow did a, a really good job with the bat. Um, I think he, he played spin well, as we know he does. Um, and, uh, and although he's, he didn't obviously get the, the, the big scores like Root did, but, um, but I think the role he played, particularly in that first test in the second innings, was, was massive. Um, when England were, what, about... 12 for three, I think, on that fourth evening um, and could easily have just fallen apart. And, and best, I really just showed all his experience, his know-how um, to, to nurse England over the line, really. Um, I think it would be very interesting to see now what, what happens going forward, because obviously England have now got um, batsmen coming back for the Tour of India. Rory Burns is back in. Ollie Pope is back in. So how will they all fit together? I mean, I think I have to say, for me, it would be very harsh if Bairstow doesn't at least get to start the series. Um, and I think they have suggested he'll, he'll be rested later on, just as will everyone else. But um, definitely, I think, no reason why he shouldn't uh, go on and play more tests in, in, in that number three role. I think he looks, uh, he looks comfortable there. And he's one of those players where he's often at his best when people have written him off. Um, and I think he, he's he's done that again. So um, definitely um, full marks to Johnny Bairstow on, on uh, that Sri Lanka series. But yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see now how, how it all fits together batting-wise for, for India, I think. Mm. That's a good point, that, Ben. Well, when we come to our India segment, I'm, I'm going to ask everybody to nominate their top five. So be warned. <laughs> That's coming up later on, OK? Opening top five. Uh, Wes Spearman's joined us. Uh, <clears throat> good evening to you, Wes. Welcome along. Yep, evening. Apologies for being a bit late. <laughs> That's all right. Apologies accepted. Wes from uh, Weekly Wickets, the cricket show on Radio Sona. 
the opening partnership in this Sri Lankan series, um, Don Sibley, Zach Crawley, they really struggled against spin, didn't they? Okay, you, you can argue that Sibley did play a very good innings in that uh, uh, second innings in the second test. But aside from that, they really were in a lot of trouble, weren't they, Wes? Yeah, they were. And th these two players are they're fairly early on in their test career. I think that's fairly safe to say they've both played about 10, 15 tests each, if that. Um, and, in, and in conditions where they wouldn't have played anywhere near as much uh, conditions similar before. Um, probably the only place that played similar to it might be Thornton, uh, where it, it, it does turn a bit. But um, yeah, they, they were under pressure right from the start. I doubt either of them would have would have opened against spin bowling uh, before, maybe on the last day of a championship match when they're trying to get a, get a win or something. But yeah, um, I mean, Sibley in that last innings, in, in that second test, he proved to probably many critics that he actually can bam I've, I've heard a few people say saying um they were perhaps playing for his career I, I think that's a bit harsh because he's for me simply is is one of the best openers since hook and strauss think about all the others with uh england have tried sibley and and crawley and uh, rory burns as well who's coming back for the india, india series they're probably the best two or, or three opening batsmen that, that england have currently got at the moment um, so it, it will be interesting to see how those two, especially Crawley, who's much, who's quite a bit younger than the other, I think he's about 21, 22. Um, it will be interesting to see how he especially adapts his game to face spin, especially in, in the turning pitches that we've seen so far. And uh, no doubt the pitches will, will definitely turn in, in India as well. Um, yeah, two right-handers with, with the pitch, uh, with the spinners, with the, Spinners rather turn the ball away from them, like the the left armour of uh, of Embledonia. Um, it's probably a bit luckily for them. Jadeja's ruled out of the India series, so they don't have to <laughs> have to deal with him. But um, yeah, they, they will be under pressure, no doubt. Um, I think Rory Burns probably will come back uh, to open for India, and with Bearstow being rested for the first, he probably will slot um, back down to number three. Um, but yeah, so there's the top three of my top five for the India series. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, those two are definitely yeah. under some pressure to, to score a few runs in India. That's all right. You've you got three out of five already, Wes. Good start. Good start. <laughs> um, Paul, going to bring you in there. I have been a big critic of Josh Butler on this podcast, on radio shows and everything else. Uh, I'm probably not the only one, it has to be said, for his keeping in particular. But I'll put my hand up like I am now, literally. I think he kept very well. What's your take on Josh? I thought he was virtually immaculate, actually, Peter. I thought, I thought he was brilliant in India, and I think he's become a test-class player now. I mean, we know, we all know how gifted he is. We all know what a wonderful white ball batsman he is and a perfectly decent keeper. But I did uh, think that Ben Folkes was unlucky uh, not to get the, the, the star in Sri Lanka after how he did there last time. And this is an exceptional wicketkeeper and a a batsman good enough to score a century in Sri Lanka at Gaul on debut only a couple of years ago. But having said that, I think you saw a difference in Josh Butler during the summer. Uh, I thought I think that um, match-winning partnership he had with Chris Wokes on that um, Saturday in the first test against Pakistan um, did him the world of good because I think he worked out his batting tempo. You know, everybody's sort of, I think a lot of people have said in the past, why doesn't he bat like he does in one day cricket? But that hasn't always worked for him. Then he's tried to be a proper sort of solid test player that hasn't really worked for him and but here he got his tempo absolutely right um 
Uh, and I think because the batting has, has, has gone so well, the keeping has, has followed on almost. He's, he's, he's got the confidence in his batting and now the keeping has, has, has followed on. I'm wondering if it might be working with the brilliant James Foster in Sri Lanka as well. I'm, all, I'm a bit biased towards James Foster, but I, I'm, I'm really pleased to see that he's with the England uh, team now and, and maybe a fresh pair of eyes as wicket-keeping coach has helped. But what you saw, I think, is a test-class wicket-keeper batsman. Um, and I think it's a, a testament to him that he didn't just concentrate on the white ball game that he's so brilliant at, that he's worked at this and he's got it right. And I think he's earned the right now to be England's keeper batsman for a while. And the great shame, of course, is that he is one of these players who's now going to be rested. And we heard last week that he's only going to play in the first test in India and he's going to miss the last three. And while Ben Folkes absolutely deserves another extended chance, I do think that's come at a bad time now for, for Joss when he really has proved himself a, a proper test player and, and proved a lot of us wrong. It wasn't just UP, I don't think. A lot of people felt, you know, that Bairstow was initially unlucky to lose the place, that Folkes was unlucky. You know, we've got a, an abundance of riches there, haven't we? But uh, for now, Butler's absolutely proved he's the man. And I suppose it's good for Josh Butler, but for Ben Folks, it probably isn't, is it really? Because if anything, uh, he's probably going to push him down the, the pecking order, so to speak. I mean, that is probably a little bit of a worry, although because he will play in one of these tests coming up in uh, India. Well, he's been he's been given a run of three, to be fair. He's, he's been given the second, third and fourth. And I think he's been promised those games, barring a calamity or a broken finger. You know, and in fact, for the second test, uh, the only backup he'll have is James Bracey. Um, in terms of, you know, say say that if Ben did break a finger on the morning of a test match, uh, you, you'll, you'll find Bracey keeping wicket for England in the second test in Chennai, which, considering we're going to go on one of the biggest, toughest assignments in world cricket, that that's, you know, you raise your eye, eye, eyebrows at that because where's, you know, to have Butler and Bairstow missing for that second test suggests something's gone slightly awry. But in Folks' case, he'll have three games. Um, and now we all know how good a keeper he is and, and uh, what a good cricketer he is. He's waited very patiently. He's been on the sidelines. He's been stuck in bubbles without playing. Uh, I think he admitted in an interview that I did that he, was, he, was, he, he almost fell out of love with a game at one point where he, was, where he just wasn't getting his chance. Uh, he will get three games. But because Butler played so well in Sri Lanka, you do wonder what folks will have to do in those three games to, to get the place full time. It, it could be a very difficult decision for England and with Butler resting he is, he is opening the door to folks after the first test in India but um, he, he'll, he'll get three games and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll all see how good he is. You mentioned about resting obviously Chris Silverwood's gone on record basically as saying look there is going to be rotation players you know we've got to look after players which is understandable because I think correct me if I'm wrong Paul do England play something like 17 tests in this year 2021 I mean that's a phenomenal amount isn't it? Yeah, it's a remarkable year. We all know why. I mean, it's ex extraordinary circumstances, isn't it, in the COVID world? And there were postponements. The two Sri Lankan tests were meant to be last March, for instance, and what have you. But as it stands, there are going to be 17 tests this year. On top of that, there's the World Test Championship. If England did get there, and they've got to beat India 3-0 to get there. So that's probably unlikely, but you never know. There'll be an extra test there, the World Test Championship. Of course, there's, there's, there's also the World T20 in India in October. There's a white ball tour of Bangladesh, I think, in late September, early October, and a couple of matches in Pakistan, England's first visit to Pakistan for 15 years. And then what is it does the year end with? It's the Ashes, you know. So it's an extraordinary year. Um, and I do see where they're coming from. You know, Ed Smith in particular has put a great deal of, of thought into this, I think, in resting and rotating and trying to look after the well-being of the players, not least their mental well-being, because these bubbles are, are tough weeks on end. You know, they've got a great life. Let's not... Let's not kid ourselves, they haven't, but, but they're very tough mentally as well. Um, 
so I think they've got that right. One thing I would question, and I'm an old fogey on this, and um, I'd be interested to hear what Ollie in particular as a young player thinks about this one. But to me, it, it's, it's absolutely obvious they should be resting during the IPL this year. The multi-format players, obviously, you know, that's not... It's just multi-format players we're talking about here. The Broads and Andersons, people like that, who just play test cricket now, but they won't get be part of this resting rotation. It's the guys who play in all the games. Now, to me, why I, I know I can understand people now allowing our, our best players to go to the IPL and these fabulous riches. It's also good for their games. But I, I can't see how they can allow players to miss test matches against India in one of the toughest series of them all. Yet, when it comes to April, May, they're going to be back in bubbles for, for six weeks playing in the IPL. And I would have thought that you would just say, for one year, Les, you, you get rewarded very well for playing for England. We all know your commitment to England is not questioned. It's, not, it's nothing to do with that. But please, can't you just give up that paycheck for one year and get your rest in, in April and May and let's send our strongest team to India? That's what I would have done. But as I say, I'm, I'm very old and very old-fashioned. Same as me. And I totally agree with your words, actually. So, Ollie, come on then, over to you then. Paul's throwing that out. What's your take on it? Then I'll come oh, on to yeah. Well, I'm very flattered that I'm still referred to as young and I, I wasn't always at the end of my career, I can tell you. But no, I, I think it's quite, I'm, I don't want to sit on the fence because I've, I've always been very open with my views about, uh, you know, I think playing for England, playing test cricket has got to be the pinnacle and, and the priority. Um, I guess one thing that we may not have taken into account, and I don't know, this is just me speculating, is that, you know, if they break that contract for a year at the IPL, where does that put them in the future? And it is, you know, let's be honest, it's, it, it's life-changing money if you go and crack it. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, like I say, I don't want to look like I'm sitting on the fence, but maybe that's something that we haven't quite weighed into this. But um, absolutely, I think I'm with Paul and and Peter, and I'm sure everyone on this on, on this podcast that, you know, going out and putting in a good show in, in India is very important. You can, if you can take their money in, in their backyard, you are taken seriously. And it's probably one of the hardest places to go and play in the subcontinent with the pressure, the the climate, you know, they're one of the best teams in the world, etc. So I'd, I would 100% agree with that. Um, uh, I also think it's a really bold, um, and I'm actually quite impressed that England have taken this rotational stance. It's, it's, you know, it's quite a big statement. And if they get it wrong, they, you know, with all due respect with you guys here, you know, the media don't go easy. Hmm. Um, but, you know, they, they do play a lot of cricket uh, and there is that burnout, you know, um, possibility. And we discussed in the previous podcast about this bubble sort of environment, um, you know, so, you know, hats off to them because it's a bold decision. Um, but it could, if they get it right, be brilliant. And if they get it wrong, of course, we'll all say, what on earth are they doing? But... Um, yeah, no, that, that would be my stance on that. As far as the IPL goes, I, I'm not sure. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to miss out on a million dollars, but, you know. <laughs> uh, ben, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I wouldn't want to miss out on a million dollars as well, but I think the <laughs> chances of uh, any of the IPL franchises asking me to play are uh, slim to none. Um, I mean, yeah, I, th I think... As Ollie said, um, the money is huge for playing in the IPL. And I think you only have to look at, I mean, quite recently, uh, you know, people like Steve Smith has been jettisoned by Rajasthan Royals, who, who had a, a poor tournament, you know. But, um, but I think that underlines the point Ollie was making. If you, you know, sit out a year, you drop down the pecking order. Um, 
you know, in the same way as if you have or your team has a bad year, you can drop down the pecking order and suddenly you're not required. And there'll be plenty of other T20 players around the world who, who will take your place. So it is a gamble. I think the other factor really is, is just the times we're living in. Um, you know, th- these are unusual times. The rotation, I think, becomes more of an issue than it uh, probably would have done previously. Um, I think for, for fast bowlers, we've seen that for quite a few years now, the idea that you don't want to have them playing too much cricket in too short a space of time. Um, and that's now been extended to, to all the players, really. Um, but I don't think it's entirely without precedent. Uh, I, I do remember England players in the past um, sitting out particular tours. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Alistair Cook got his first chance at captain in England when uh, uh, the captain decided they were going to he was going to be unavailable for, um, for for a particular tour. So, you know, it's 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 just really just coming to, to focus more, I think, because of the situation we're in, the strange schedule, uh, the bubbles, etc. Um, and I think, yeah, potentially this is just how it is for this year. Hopefully, 2022 and onwards, uh, it may be a different story with regard to fitting everything into the, the, the calendar for, for, for the top players. Paul, let's uh, look ahead then to India. It starts next week. It's going to be tough, as anybody will tell you. Four tests, five T20s, three ODIs. Um, I mean, let, let's really concentrate on the test, because obviously that's going to be the big one, so to speak. India uh, are playing so well at the moment. I mean, I touched on it earlier, this brilliant series against Australia. I mean, they were down and out, weren't they, after that first test? They were skittled out for um, 36 and everybody wrote them off, but they came back. They fought well to get that draw on the bat out that final day. And of course, they, they chased down 329, didn't they, in that uh, final test as well to win the series. It is going to be difficult. We know, as you say, England have made all these changes and resting people, etc. as well. Overall, how do, how do you feel this uh, series is going to go? Well, that, that was an incredible achievement by India, wasn't it, to, to beat Australia? I mean, it just shows you that Test cricket is still such a, a fantastic game. It's still the best format. It, it still throws up so many surprises. I mean, I've got the T10 in Abu Dhabi on the TV here. Ravi Bapara has just got out for Andy Flowers' team. Um, and even though Ravi's playing in it, I, can't, I just can't get into this. I can't, I can't watch <laughs> this. You know, if this, if this is the future, count me out, you know. But um, uh, I think... It was an amazing achievement, as you say, Pete. 36 all out and Kohli goes home on paternity leave. Now, who in their right mind would have then predicted an India series win? They lost virtually all their best bowlers um, and they've won that in, in remarkable style on that last day. It must give them huge confidence. And you think they will be very, very strong favourites to, to beat England. Um, we've seen England can win in India. We saw it in 2012 with, with Cook scoring those three centuries. Root's going to have to do something extraordinary, I think. Um, and of course, in those days, we had Swan and Panazar and Leach and Bess are, are not in that class, are they? We, we've all um, due respect to them. Um, and that's more of a thought of our system, I think. We should have more wickets like Siderabad, as, as Ollie mentioned earlier. I think if we had more wickets like Taunton and Northampton in the old days, maybe we'd produce more spinners. But no, I think India will be very strong favourites and England haven't helped themselves by, by leaving out Bairstow for the first two tests and Butler for the last three. But having said that, I do think England have got a, a, a chance. And um, if, if Root bats as well as he did in Sri Lanka, who knows? Wes, uh, how do you think it's going to go? Um, well, I don't think England are going to win. 
Um, I'll start off with that. I don't think many people are expecting them to win the series. They might win a game or two, but um, yeah, to a, a series win in India is just yeah. Haven't done it since twenty. Oh, that's nearly ten years ago now. Blimey, <laughs> how time flies. Um, but yeah, I think with with the squad India have got, I think it's it's a completely different squad to what they had in Australia. All all those seven players that that, that were missing: Jadeja, Ashwin. Ishant Sharma, Mohammed Shami, Jasper Bruman, they're all they're all back and they'll they'll all be raring to go as 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 they should be. Um again in England we saw in Sri Lanka uh, as I've already mentioned, the openers they're gonna be under so much pressure to score runs and get England off 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 to those good starts. Um obviously Cody's back as well for India, their main player for me, along along possibly along uh, along with Pujara as well. Those two are, are going to be absolutely crucial for India, and if if England can get one or even two or even both of those uh, out quickly and, and cheaply, then you know they they might have a chance. Um, but even, even so, as we saw uh, the last time England tore there in 2016, I believe they, England England was still scoring 400 runs nearly every game, but India were just batting and batting and batting them out of of the contest. So. Again, we mentioned with the spinners, are our, our Bess and Leach and possibly even Moeen Ali, if, if he comes back uh, into the side, are they going to be good enough to take 10 wickets in, in the second innings to, to win England the games? I'm not too sure about that. Mm. Ollie, how do you think it's going to go? <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, it's going to be very tough to, to beat them over there. Uh, Coley coming back. Um, I would just like to sort of dwell on uh, Pajaro a little bit it just shows the importance of batting time and taking you know taking the balls and things like that which we don't see as much in the game at the moment and he was pivotal to that performance out in Australia from what I could tell um, so yeah and I, I don't know it's a hard one I don't want to bag our spinners either because I, I want to promote our spin you know as best I can again probably not terrifying uh, pair quite yet I would say I would arguably go mowing over Bess, but I'd have Bess in my team on on sort of uh, English New Zealand wickets where someone can, you know, bowl tidily. He's a very good fielder. He can contribute with the bat. Um, out in the subcontinent, I'd probably get Moen in there personally and keep Leach. Obviously, he's, he's flying now. Well, he'll, he'll be confident. Um, but, yeah, no, it would be an interesting uh, series. Uh, and... You know, England probably not quite in the best position either, having come from one bubble in Sri Lanka straight over into another one for a four. I mean, doing doing India at the best of times, you know, four matches, they'll be over there. What, what's that? Probably a six-week, seven-week, maybe an eight-week tour. You know, it's tough work when you're allowed out the house, let alone stuck in a bubble. But uh, look, I, I'm, I'm aware we've got a bit of a time constraint, so I won't take it all. But, um, yeah, that would be my, my view on that one. Brilliant. Right, we've got a few minutes left. So... Over to you, gents. Opening test, top five. Um, ben, you can kick us off. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to remember now who who exactly is okay. being rested because I think I may have got this wrong earlier. So so Bairstow's being rested early on, isn't he? Yeah. Um, we established yeah. right. So given that, um, I don't think that. I mean, you've got no alternative really, but to to, to go with uh, uh, Sibley, Burns, Crawley, one, two, three. Um, if Bairstow was available for that I'd have him at three instead of Crawley mm. Root obviously bats four that goes without saying uh, you would assume Ben Stokes comes in at five because um, that seems to be his preferred role um, 
and then it's a case of Pope or Lawrence. Um, and I've got to say, and I'm sure Paul will agree with me particularly, I would like to see Dan Lawrence given a longer run. I thought he looked mm. exceptional on his test debut. Um, OK, he didn't get uh, many runs second test, but um, let's give him a bit longer. Um, good to have the competition for places. Um, so I would stick Dan Lawrence in and see how he does. And then Ollie Pope has got to work his way back in. Uh, and I'd just like to say very quickly, I think we have to give, I mean, we already have given credit to India for their win in Australia, but um, you have to look at that last test uh, in Brisbane and say that was probably the least experienced bowling attack in test history anywhere. Um, I think less than 10 test caps between them, those bowlers. So it really was an incredible achievement and they'll be on a massive high. So it's a big assignment for England, no question about it. Right, about three and a half minutes left. Ollie, your five, who would you go with? Um, okay, yeah, I'll keep Sibley um, uh, and Burns. And then, you know, I would love to keep Crawley in, but I think I would probably like to see either Lawrence or Pope in that position. I think I, I would like to get Pope in the side somehow. So if I'm only allowed to give my top five, I'd like to get him in there. So Pope, I have a three or five, but then, yeah, Root, Stokes, the other two for me. Um, is that five? I think that's five. <laughs> That'd be my Ooh. top five. <laughs> well, I would I would say Zach Crawley did make 267, I think it was, three tests ago. So I know he's had his problems against spin uh, in Sri Lanka, but I do think he's a talent. I also think Ollie Pope is a huge talent who I'm looking forward to watching play for England. But I would go for this game, I would go Sibley, Burns, Crawley, Root, Stokes. And yes, the Chingford boy, Dan Lawrence at number six, because I think he's a very special talent. Yeah, very much so. And finally, Wes, I know I think you, you, you mentioned earlier three of them. So now <laughs> you've had lots of time to conjure up two more. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, again, similar sort of lines to, to everyone. I, Definitely go with, with Burns and Sibley opening. Um, Crawley at three. I don't think Lawrence or Pope, for that matter, have too much experience batting at three. Um, so for me, Crawley has to, has to bat number three. England don't have much <laughs> much other options there. Um, Root obviously stays at four. Um, then it's, it's a question of who do you want at number five? Do you want Ben Stokes, the all-rounder, to bat at five? Or do you want one of the specialist batsmen in Lawrence and Pope? Um, for me, I'm not sure whether Pope's fit, whether Pope is fully back to fitness yet. Um, so for that reason, I, I'd stick Lawrence at five and then have Pope, uh, not Pope, uh, Stokes at six. Brilliant. Good Interesting. Interesting. We will see, as I say, it all kicks off uh, next Friday. Wes, thank you so much for joining us here. Ben, Paul and Ollie as well. Fascinating contributions as always. Thank you very much, gentlemen. This has been the uh, Big Kickoff Cricket Podcast. We will be back shortly, uh, probably in a couple of weeks or so, uh, talking about the Indian Test Series and more cricket subjects as well as we start getting towards spring and hopefully some uh, county cricket as well, which is going to hit us at some point as well, which we're all looking forward to, aren't we, gentlemen? Good. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. You take care, look after yourself and stay safe. <laughs>